All right, Groove Rats uh, podcast, episode 31, Pushing Rubber Podcast. My name is Adam Piggott. Uh, welcome to getting towards the end of the year. My wife and I are trying to figure out what we're going to do over the holidays. We have a few few plans. Some of them are pretty outlandish, uh, which, which probably means we'll just end up sitting around home staring at the wall, something like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. What a week on my blog it has been. Whoa. Whoa. What a week. Uh, on track to have the most views per month, highest views per month so far. Uh, it's just over a year been doing the blog. Only about 10 months of doing it properly, though. Um, and yeah, just got slammed with this. Uh, um, Colorblind racism in the whitewater rafting industry when Dirtbag Paddler magazine linked to my rebuttal of the budding Marxist socialist and her uh, thesis paper, unreadable thesis paper, which was published as an unreadable article on Dirtbag Paddler magazine about how uh, the whitewater community is in is colorblind racist because we don't uh, or it doesn't go out of its way to encourage black people to go rafting uh, which thus thus means that you're racist um, which was news to me um, and of course you can't defend yourself of that against it as soon as you say well I'm not racist because well then you've just bought into their into their premise it's just like a snake eating its own tail, a circle that keeps going round and round. And so what you have to do is you have to bypass their argument completely uh, and you don't defend yourself against their ad hominem attacks. Um, you pull their whole structure to pieces down around them, which is what I did. Uh, and Dirtpag didn't want to link to it, but... A couple of days later, I got up in the morning and my blog had been slammed. I had all these comments to approve, um, which were not conciliatory in any way, shape or form. Um, I think the post got linked 300 times on Facebook because there's like a Facebook button you can press at the bottom of my posts on the WordPress blog. It's around 300. That's, that's, that's a record off of my blog anyway. Um, apparently the Facebook comment feeds were melting down at how awful I am. Um, I never looked, I couldn't be bothered. I just, I just couldn't be bothered. Um, and I got a message from someone within the whitewater industry. I got a message from them who said, look, you know, on your cuck virgin episode, you said that you wanted to cause, cause controversy and make enemies and get death threats. So... And that that's true, I did say that. But I, I, I kind of would have liked to make enemies um, in groups of people that I don't know or care about, not in uh, an industry and community that was my full-time job for over 15 years. Um, because it it's disappointing. It really does um, disappoint me to see the whitewater community so co-opted publicly at least and this is the thing i mean i got from raft river guides and paddlers 
uh, that I know well, I got quite a few messages, private messages of support, um, saying they agree with everything I said. And this is the thing, that the majority of paddlers in the whitewater community, whether it's kayakers or rafters or whatever, um, don't have any... Um, don't, don't hold with any of this rubbish, this uh, Marxist crap that they're trying to bring in um, by SJWs. They just go along and get on with their lives. and well, <laughs> They're all just idiots. They're all just idiots. Um, but unfortunately, that's what happens in the universities, and now universities are completely co-opted. That's what happened in the film industry. That's what happened in science fiction and fantasy novels. That's what they tried to do with video games before nerdy gamers turned around and told them to uh, go away in no uncertain terms. That was what they've done constantly because the left gets up every morning. The left gets up prepared to go to war. Every day they're trying to work out how they can subvert democracy, subvert capitalism, subvert Western civilization and install eventually their their own perfect version of Marxism and communism because all the ones done before were just done incorrectly as far as they're concerned. They get, the left gets up every day to go to war. Um, and they really don't like it when someone takes it back to them, which is what I did. Um, and a few paddlers contacted me to say, were you just trolling? Were you just trolling these guys? Uh, in an effort to get me off the hook, in inverted commas. And my reply was, no, no, I wasn't trolling. I was perfectly serious. Um, anything that I, that comes out on my blog is, or on the podcast is perfectly serious. Even if it's satirical, or whatever the case may be, there's still an underlying truth there. And the truth hurts especially for people who uh, live in a world of lies. And the problem with that these people have, these SJWs, these activists, these socialists, these Marxist fucktards, they lack any sense of self-awareness. They, they just have no self-awareness whatsoever. And this in turn causes them to be complete hypocrites. Which is what this woman, uh, Kesley Gaffigan or Garrigan, whatever her name was. You know why I uh, lifted a photo off her Facebook feed of her with all of her, you know, white buddies and a group of 40 of them or so. I haven't bothered to count it. And their golden retrievers and black Labradors and posing for their group shot after a end of a work season or something like that. Just to show what a raging fucking hypocrite she is. I mean, think about think about the left, how hypocritical and lacking self-awareness they are. So um, on the one hand, they prosecute businesses for refusing to serve gay people, as in not refusing to serve them, but refusing to say to cater for a gay wedding. You won't get a business that's going to say, oh, you're gay, we don't serve you here. But, oh, you're two gay people who want to get married and you want me to do the catering for that? The fact that you two are getting married goes against my religious beliefs. I'm sorry, I can't do that. So the left wants to prosecute uh, businesses like that. And now, on the other hand, we have the left 
cheerfully crowing from the rooftops various companies within America that they're not going to serve Trump supporters, uh, which is which is which is um, incredible. It can't possibly be serious for two reasons. One, 62 million people voted for Trump, so well, roughly that number. So um, if you're running a business, that's problematic. And if you don't understand why that's problematic, you shouldn't be running a business in the first place. In fact, you should not be getting out of bed in the morning if you don't understand why that's problematic if you're trying to make money. Uh, and no, there's not that many gay people getting married. Second of all, um, I, I wasn't aware. Were, 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 if you voted for Trump, were you tattooed on your forehead? I, I wasn't aware that that happened. Um, how, how are you identifying these Trump voters that you're going to refuse to serve? Are you just going to ask people when they rock up? Because I think one of them was a gas utility business, like connecting gas to um, you know, heat houses. I mean, what? Another one was a spice business, selling spices. Spicy. So, look, they just completely lack any self-awareness, which makes them total hypocrites. Um, they're also um, purveyors of a poisonous ideological dogma uh, that wants re to reduce people to abject poverty, if not uh, murder people uh, in enormous numbers, which um, the stats are all there from the 20th century. And ongoing in North Korea as we speak. And ongoing in Cuba as we speak. And, well, you don't, you don't get left, left to celebrities going down to you know, Venezuela to get them to show the rest of the world how to do their economy anymore, do you? No. Um, so the left gets up every day to go to war and go to war on me, they went. Um, and some of the comments that they wrote were, um, illuminating because they illuminate the stupidity of the person and the ignorance that they have involved. Some of the comments I took to pieces. Some of the comments I let my own commenters take to pieces. I didn't even bother responding and and, and people who regularly commented on my blog and some people who don't regularly comment on my blog jumped in just to say to these people, you really have brains the size of a peanut. Um, so, look, uh, I found the whole thing on one hand um, gratifying um and entertaining and educational for me because um having to formulate your arguments correctly in a in a in a pressure situation like that was is really good for clarifying your position on stuff and if you find that someone says something and you're a little bit fuzzy on how to respond you've got to unfuzz the fuzz very very quickly um so for in, in that in that regard uh, it was um, it was very very um, beneficial. Um, of course, on the other on the other hand, um, like I said, it was disappointing. It's disappointing to see the white water community go this way. It was um, uh, it's disappointing that Dirtbag Paddler Magazine is just a hive nest of uh, social justice warriors. Um, and they're not restricted to the U.S. because it's a worldwide community um, and they're linked up all around the globe with outfitters everywhere uh, so now <laughs> I suppose I've kind of shone a, shone a light on what they're doing um, 
Uh, I think the only I don't want to say it. 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 All right, let's go on. Let's go on with the podcast. Um, there's a an art. There was an article in the Australian the other day called titled "Redefine Family to Include LGBTI People in Disaster Relief," and a Sydney University academic called Dale Dominey Howes. Dominey Howes is in a hyphenated name. Now, just remember the hyphenated name rule. Anytime you encounter someone who's got a hyphenated na- a second name, they're a wanker. Okay? Um, they're a leftist, fucktard wanker. Every single time. It's the, it's the hyphenated name rule. And it, it just doesn't fail. Cat, get away from my yogurt. <laughs> um, so this um, Sydney University academic... Um, wants that the words community and family should be redefined within legislation to explicitly reference gay people and challenge, in inverted commas, heteronormative assumptions, according to a prominent government advisor, according to this guy. Um, So this guy, he describes himself as a global leader in natural hazards and disaster risk reduction, which is amazing because he's a Sydney University academic. Um, I've been involved in disaster relief and, and natural hazards for quite so many years, but uh, this what this guy's saying is complete rubbish. But he's argued that, quote, a blindness, a blindness to difference, unquote, in the way that LGBTI individuals are treated the same as everyone else within disaster management policies and procedures meant that the needs of the LGBTI community were not being adequately addressed. So this is the same... So get this, the gay community is being treated the same as everyone else, and that's a problem. It's funny, isn't it? Because they spent 30 years teaming up with each other. And by the way, lesbians and gays, lesbian and homosexual men, they fucking hate each other. I mean, these people only teamed up to get an outcome which was to be accepted and treated the same as everyone else. Now that they're treated the same as everyone else, This is now a blindness to difference. So now they're different. What is it about? What is this craziness about? This craziness is all about power. They want special powers and dispensations. In this case, in in the case of uh, the black community because of the colour of their skin, Uh, in the case of uh, the LGBTI, I've got no idea what I stands for. Um, we, should, we should just call them the QWERTY, the QWERTY, because queer, QWERTY, QWERTY. We'll call them the QWERTYs from now on. Um, these people in disaster relief situations, so they're in a disaster, let's say a hurricane has come through uh, and wiped out a town, um, and apparently QWERTY people require special treatment because their needs are not the same as everyone else. Now... I struggle to know what what why that would be. You know, in disaster relief, you've you you, you generally need shelter, uh, water, and it's in this order, uh, food, um, and and a place to sleep, clothing perhaps, um, until the situation can be sorted out. 
Now, why, why bisexual people? I mean, bisexual people are literally... A bisexual is someone who just has no standards whatsoever. They'll sleep with literally anything. So I figured that during, during a disaster, they're probably the best off. I mean, they're probably going to get laid. Because, it, it, by the way, it's a, uh, it's a known fact that uh, during disasters, people get um, uh, very sexually aroused. It's a biological drive. It was, uh, I think it was documented during the Blitz on London in the Second World War where, where, where random strangers were wildly copulating in um, bomb shelters as the bombs were coming down in front of everyone. It's because it's just like, we've got to keep the human race going because we're all going to die. That or they were just, you know, horny fucktards. So why bisexual people need special needs? Um, why you need special needs based on where you want to put your dick is, uh, well, it's completely fatuous. It's completely fatuous and it's... Oh, here, well, let's listen to this quote. Equal treatment does not equate with identical treatment, but should instead seek equity to, redis- to redistribute rights and resources in order to provide a level playing field. They're just communists. They're just communists, and they're, they're, they, want, they want a quality of outcome for their own advantage. Um, and some of the comments on this. Uh, the guy didn't respond to the Australian... Um, the first comment, the top comment rated, oh, for fuck's sake, as a gay man, I am sick of garbage like this. My partner and I, in all matters besides same-sex marriage, are treated equally by businesses, friends, family, employers. I doubt if a cyclone hit Townsville and we needed the state emergency service that they would give a hoot about our marital arrangements. Uh, Bringing things like this up just brings up further resentment. No shit. Um, the gay mafia, as they're called. I mean, if they, the reason that there's a huge push against having a national plebiscite in Australia for gay marriage is because they know they're going to lose. And the reason they're going to know they're going to lose um, is because of the perpetually aggrieved gay mafia um, and disingenuous bloody arguments that they have. Um, and there were quite a few comments on this um, saying that in the past... The commenter saying in the past that they'd been for gay marriage, but now with, with with all the gay mafia's crap going on, there's no way in hell they'd vote for it. That's absolutely right. So now I bring this up because I want to talk about a game of cricket that I played on Sunday. I played on Sunday. I don't normally play on Sundays, but I played on Sunday. It was the last game of cricket for the year. Though the season continues on until we're starting again on the seventh of January, so we're halfway through the season, um, and. I bowled really well. I opened the bowling. I bowled straight through my nine overs. I had the batsman in tatters. And I probably created about a dozen chances to get them out. And I couldn't take a wicket for the life of me. Um, which was frustrating. But I'm not going to talk about my performance here or lack of it. I want to talk about the umpire. One of the umpires One of the umpires uh, was coming out. Well, was walking across the field at the start when we were setting up the game. And with the un unmistakable walk of someone with cerebral palsy um, and proper cerebral palsy, not just, you know, minor cerebral palsy. I don't even know such a thing exists. So, you know, they've got the they've got like one hand kind of crinked down and the arm that sits up and they walk with that lopsided gait and the head's over to one side and then they speak, you know, like, they, like they've got cerebral palsy. Um, so my immediate, you know, your first reaction is like, no. Oh, Fuck, here we go. 
Here we go. Um, and he was umpiring at my end when I was bowling. And he called wide on one of my balls that I bowled, and I gave him a bit of... I walked back and was like... I didn't give him lip, but I was like, you know, that bounced on the pitch. What are you talking about? And he's like... And he came straight back at me. It's where the ball needs to be when it goes past the batsman, not where it bounces on the pitch. And a couple of other times made decisions, and I came back with, you know, bang, bang, because I was treating him just like I'd treat anyone else. I don't care if you've got cerebral palsy. If you're out there umpiring, by God, you better umpire as good as you can to a standard with other, um, uh, other umpires. I'm not letting you off the hook. I'm going to treat you the same as everyone else, right? Which is what I do. Uh, he was probably one of the best umpires we had for the season that I'd seen. Um, really, really good umpire. Turned me down on an LBW, which was a very close decision. I uh, had a chat to him, you know, and he gave me his reasons. He was spot on because I was thinking he was, that's what he was thinking. Gave out a stumping, didn't give out a, a run out. He made correct decisions the whole day and the other umpire was leaning on him. The other umpire was, uh, when it was his turn to be the umpire at the, at the bowling crease, would be deferring to him on, on decisions that he wasn't sure about just to get a uh, get um, some clarity on an issue. I'd say that this um, cerebral palsy affected umpire was probably around 24, 25, mid-20s. Um, turned out he was in, from England. And when, after the game had finished, I was walking back across the field to go to my car, and he was walking across the field as well, in the cerebral palsy, unmistakable gait. Um, and I got chatting to him. Walked across towards where I was parked because we're walking the same direction. And uh, in the five or ten minutes that we were talking, turned out he's across from England. He's going back to England in January. He really loved Australia. Um, he's studying law at a top university in England, and then uh, you know, I was giving him shit about that. It's like, oh, you know, you're a lawyer. Oh, great! Like the world needs another one of those. And uh, he was, he was, he was laughing at that. And we had a great conversation. We we're talking about what sort of law he wanted to get into and what he wanted to do with it. And that was it. Said goodbye to him, and I'll probably never see him again because he's gone back to England. He said he was sad that he was leaving Australia but had to go back because of the visa and because he needed to finish his degree and all this other stuff. So, I mean, the chances are probably never going to see this guy again in my life. It really, really struck me how much how much he had achieved. Think about it. He's got cerebral palsy for fuck's sake. He's out umpiring a cricket game and killing it. He's studying law. He got down to the ground himself. I said, how are you getting home? He goes, oh, I'll just get the tram. He was going in the totally opposite direction for me, from me. The traffic was killer, so I was like, oh, I can't give you a lift, sorry, mate. And he was like, I don't need a lift. And he, was, and he and I got on like a house on fire. And the reason we got on a house like fire is because I treated him Exactly the same as I treat anyone else. Yeah, it was obvious he had cerebral palsy, but 
I didn't mention it. Look straight past it. He was a good guy. I would have gone and had a beer with him. I would have gone and had a beer with him without a moment's hesitation. And you compare someone like that. You compare someone like that to these, these idiots here requesting legislation to redefine words so that gay people in, a, in an emergency can have special needs and... And you should hang yourselves and you should hang your heads in shame. You should hang your heads in shame, these people. But they lack, so totally lack any self-awareness. This, this guy didn't need any bloody disability pensions or anything like that. Because he got paid to be an umpire. And umpires get paid. I don't know how much they get paid per game, but it's a lot of people are doing the umpiring because they want to get paid. He's out there earning his way, starting to be a lawyer. I have no doubt he's going to be a lawyer and graduate. I have no doubt he'll be a very good lawyer based on the way he umpired. And here we have... And how would the, how would the disabled lobby, I suppose, treat someone like that? See, I, I, bet, I bet people like him are not a source of pride to disabled lobby because... They haven't, this guy, this cerebral palsy guy, is not treating himself as a victim. He isn't a victim. He's getting on with his life. The cards have been dealt. That's what he's got. Okay. Going to get out there and do it anyway. And he is. And he's not taking hands out. He's not, he's not, he's refusing, refusing to take the victim card. And yet here we have in the rafting industry running around all these white people calling themselves racists or happy to let other white people call them racists because of their colourblind racism, which was basically which is treating everyone else the same and not seeing their colour. Like I said, it's this circle. It's this snake that's eating its tail. You just can't win with it. You're guilty. Guilty by association. They just want you to be guilty. And the juxtaposition with that and this, this cerebral palsy guy is, is just extraordinary. It's just extraordinary. And I think that goes, to the sum, that goes to the sum of it. Leftists are losers. You're losers. You lack self-awareness, you're hypocrites, and you're losers. You don't achieve anything. You always want special rights. You don't want to be treated. The last thing they want is to be treated the same as everyone else. Heaven forbid that they have to actually get out and work for a living. Be talented. Earn their place in the world. Heaven forbid. This is why they want equality of outcome. Because they're not capable of doing anything themselves. Whereas those on the right side, we believe in equality of opportunity. And even that's ridiculous, in a sense. But think of cerebral palsy guy. He hasn't had equality of opportunity. He's got fucking cerebral palsy. And yet he's gone beyond it. Man, he's achieved more in his young age than than this Sydney University academic Dale of the hyphenated name wanker. He was out there doing stuff. Cerebral palsy guys. Hats off to him, man. Hats off to him. Hats off to him. And... 
I never once mentioned his cerebral palsy. I never once said you're doing a good job. I just spoke to him like I'm speaking to you now. And and he never once acknowledged that I was not acknowledging his cerebral palsy. So I was a good guy. He just spoke to me like, you know, that's the way you got to do it. I get on really well with kids. I get on really, really, really well with kids. Kids love me. And the reason I get on well with kids is I just talk to them like I'm talking to you now without the swear words, though sometimes I forget. I just, I just treat them like, like they're a human being and they've got thought processes, you know? And there's nothing worse than some fucking idiot at an aunt or uncle at a Christmas do going up to an eight-year-old and, what did you get for Christmas? It's just like, what, are you retarded? Anyway, that's my cerebral palsy guy. So, cerebral palsy guy, good on you, man. Good on you. Really, really, hats off. Big hats off to you. Um, what else this week? I suppose, I mean, that was the other, the other half of the podcast I want to talk about. I'm writing my new book. Uh, I was at a function last night, uh, my, my publisher was going to, hopefully publish this book they still have to you know like it i mean if i if i deliver them a giant steaming turd they're not going to publish it but uh we had their end of year um gathering last night that i was invited to along went along with my wife met a few other writers there remembered to stick my business cards in my wallet before i left which was nice um and it's been good because whenever I mention to people what the working title of my new book is, the, the reaction is really, really positive, which is, uh, which is what I like. Um, and this book is kind of consuming my brain at the moment, obviously, because I'm writing it, but I'm, I'm not, I am writing it, but the writing part's going pretty shit at the moment because what I'm trying to do is just organize all of the content that I have and streamline it and make it work correctly. And something I was thinking about, because the title of the book is From Beta to Alpha, How to Be a Man in a Feminized World. Um, and there is a responsibility I feel with this book. I'm, I'm not gonna tell you how to live your life. I'm not gonna change your life for you. But on the other hand, I am giving out my thoughts on a process that men can follow so I have a responsibility to get it right. So one of the things that I've been throwing around in the last few days and I've taken a lot of notes with is young man growing up today, and it's just no different, well, it is different in some ways, which I'll talk about in a sec, but essentially, if I look back to when I was 19, 20, uh, it's very, very, very frustrating because primarily you want to get girls. That's just a, a reality, reality of being a testosterone-fueled 19-year-old male. It's a shit of a time. Because as much as, you know, writers and bloggers and podcasters like myself and anyone else in the manosphere um, talks about the logic, you know, you just have to think logically, blah, 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 blah. It's hard to, to think logically when you're 19 years of age and you're a man and you're uh, flooded with so much testosterone that literally uh, 
you, you can't think. I, I don't even know why we put them to university at that age. I think it's I think it's cruel and inhumane. Um, but you, the thing is, you want to get girls, and and so you look around and and advertising materialistic materialistic society tells you that you'll get girls if you get stuff. So you get a car, get a nice car, get a nice motorbike. Go out to nice restaurants, go out to nice bars, order expensive food, order expensive rounds of drinks, go on expensive holidays, get a nice house, go to a swimming pool. Get stuff, get stuff, get stuff, get stuff, get stuff, get stuff. Get more stuff, get girls, get girls, get girls, get girls. The problem is that you're 19 years old, the vast majority... The vast majority of 19-year-olds have no money whatsoever, particularly if they've made the awful mistake of going to university. Even if you haven't made the awful mistake of university, even if you've, you've, you've seen through all of the, you know, the, the sheep indoctrination and you've gone, now nah, I'm going to get a trade school, I'm going to learn, I'm going to get an electrical apprenticeship or something like that. You're an apprentice, you've got no money. What little money you have, you'll be pissing up against the wall while you're chasing girls. But then all around you, it's get stuff, get stuff, get stuff, get stuff. And I actually think, I said before, it's not quite the same as when I was young. Because at least when I was young, you didn't have the internet. Because now you have things like Instagram and Snapchat and whatever. I mean, I don't use them. I've been told to use them, but bugger that. Um, So now you're seeing everyone else posting up their so-called perfect lives, in inverted commas, which they're rubbing in your face. Look. When someone takes a photo of a meal at a restaurant, the reason they're taking that photo is not to praise to praise the chefs who have gone into making that beautiful meal or the head chef who designed the menu and actually designed that dish or... Uh, the money that went into setting up the establishment, the restaurant that you're sitting in, the investment that people made, um, the imagination that came up with how they do a twist on giving someone food that hasn't been done a million times before. I mean, just the fact when you sit at a restaurant, just so you know, you've got some awareness of what goes into a good restaurant's details, a good restaurant's details, stuff that you'll never even notice because if you notice it, They've fucked it up. The height of your chair relative to the height of the table will have been meticulously studied to a centimetre so that when you're sitting at the table, uh, you're going to be slightly leaning forward, leaning back. What's the height of the plate of your food in relation to where your hands are going to be sitting? How are your feet going to be placed on the floor? Average height of people in the area, the demographic that you're looking at. All of these things are taken into consideration. Lighting? Don't talk to me about lighting. I mean, lighting is the most complicated thing to get right in something like a restaurant or a bar. Music? I could go for days about talking about what volume settings your music needs to be in different types of establishments based on what you're trying to offer. On and on and on and on and on we can go. But when someone takes that photo of that meal and posts up on Instagram, they're not praising all of that effort and work and imagination and investment and money and time and risk 
passion that people have put into putting that meal on that plate. What they're saying is, I've got this and you haven't. That's what they're saying. It's like that Freddie Murphy, uh, sorry, Eddie Murphy um, comedy skit from the 90s, McDonald's. Kids got McDonald's. We've got McDonald's. We've got McDonald's. And you haven't. Because your daddy's poor. Because he's on welfare. You haven't got McDonald's. That's what they're doing. It's like the, the, the apparently supposedly grown-up version of that. That's what, that's, that's, what, that's what an Instagram snap of a holiday is. I'm here and you're not. The saddest people are the ones who type out a comment going, Oh, it looks like you're having a great time. Oh, what the fuck? That's all it is. We're doing this and you're not. Ha ha. We've got this and you haven't. Ha-ha. So in this sense, it's worse. Today's worse than when I was, when I was a young guy. Because at least then all you did was walk past a restaurant and maybe glance in the window and then glance quickly away because you didn't want to see the people having a wonderful time because that reminded you that you couldn't afford it because you got no money. Get stuff, get stuff, get stuff. That's what that's what young guys learn. That's what. And it's no different. It's not like to like I can't say young guys today. It's been like this for forty years, fifty years. Get stuff, get stuff, get stuff. And so you can't get stuff. So what do you do? You go into a bank. You get a credit card. You take out a loan. Bang, maxed. Boom. And simple stuff like if you earn ten dollars and you spend nine dollars and ninety five cents, you'll be fine. If you earn $10 and spend $10.05, you'll be fucked. Simple stuff like this. Uh, just doesn't get taught. Young guys don't learn it. They should be getting taught by their dads. They don't get taught by their dads. They'll never get taught by their mothers on this anyway. They're not being taught by the school. They're not being taught by anyone around them. And so young guys today are just trying to keep trying to get stuff. Get stuff. And ultimately, they're trying to get stuff. Why? So they can get the girl. And also because they can be happy. They can have a happy life. If you get this new car, you will be happy. Look at the advertising we have. And they have a car driving down an empty road, as if any roads are empty these days. Probably they close the road for 20 miles in each direction so they can shoot the bloody thing, causing an unbelievable traffic jam. Forget about getting stuff, young man. Forget about getting stuff. Strive for doing stuff. That's the key. Remember, you don't, you don't find yourself. Women do that. You make yourself. You make yourself by doing stuff. You make yourself by achieving stuff. By getting out there and carving a place for yourself in the world. And usually, as a side effect of doing stuff, you end up being able to get stuff. Bizarre, isn't it? Bizarre. But if you look at anyone who's successful, if they're not a, you know, uh, a leech on taxpayers' teat, like this Sydney University academic Dale Dominey Howes obviously is, Anyone who's actually done stuff, achieved stuff, or anyone who's successful has done stuff or achieved stuff. They've gone out there and done it. And as a result, 
they can then get stuff. And as a result, they've made themselves as a man in the world. And as a result, they get the girls. There was this quote, comment on a blog post I read yesterday. Can't remember the blog. People will shell out thousands of dollars for table scraps when the real treasure in life is free. That's because they'll shell thousands of dollars for table scraps because they want to believe the pretty lies that people are telling them. They want to believe that it's actually easy to do. You too can be a real estate millionaire. Come to my seminar, $39.95, and you can, you know, what? Yeah, yeah, I'll pay, I'll pay, I'll pay, I'll pay, and pay more, and buy the book, and buy this, and buy that, and buy the, and come another, and then they go to the weekend course, and that's $2,000, but don't worry, this is the information we only give to a few people, and oh my God, and they pay, they pay, and 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 why do they pay? Because they want it to be easy, they pay scam artists all the time, we've got scam artists, oh, that's where I saw this, I saw this uh, on Rollo's website, and he'd link this video um, by a guy called Todd Valentine, um, which featured some bearded freak called RSD Tyler. And it starts out, let me start it at the beginning here. I've got it up. And it's, I'll, I'll give you the context because uh, you can't see the video. They're in, they're obviously doing a seminar for a bunch of men. Though I did spot a woman in it. And this video starts at the start of the seminar and they've got everyone to jump around. They've got a couple of hundred people in this ballroom to jump around and he's at the front yelling this stuff out. Let's see if I can get this going for you. And these two fucks have the most smug, self-satisfied looks in their face. This Todd Valentine and this RSD Tyler. Brandon Carter as well. Look, these people are scam artists. These people are scam artists. All these people are jump, hundreds of people jumping up and down in the world, in this room, jumping up and down and screaming. Congratulations, you're a sheep. Congratulations. If if I was at, I found myself by mistake, found myself in something like that, I'd just get up and walk out. I would just sit there with my arms folded. What are you doing? What are you doing? People will pay will pay thousands of dollars for table scraps when the real treasure in life is free. The real treasure in life in this case was the information that Roller was getting out in his post, which was an excellent post um, over at the Rational Mail titled The Awareness. And there is gold in that post. But guess what? The real treasure in life is free. Yeah, it is. It is. It's out there. It's free. And I just gave some of you to you. You're, not, you're trying to get stuff. You're trying to do stuff. There you go. I consider that to be a real treasure in life. I wish someone had told that to me when I was 19. But guess what? That's a lot of hard work, isn't it? Don't concentrate on getting stuff. Strive for doing and achieving stuff.
okay, well, you guys then go out and do stuff, don't you? You've got to go out and achieve stuff. You have to make yourself as a man. You have to carve a place in the world. My, my brow's getting sweaty just thinking about it. I'm already getting tired. Oh, what about if I just pay a thousand bucks, which I can borrow from a bank so it's not really money? And I'll jump up and down in a room with a bunch of other fucktards while these guys tell me how easy it is. How easy it is. Anyone who's telling you how easy it is, anyone who's telling you that they have a secret answer and they can change your life like that, they are a fraud, they are a phony. They are trying to sell you something and they will make a lot of money. They will make a lot of money. Because people want to be hoodwinked. People don't want the truth. It's the, is it the 38th law of power? The 36th law of power, I can't remember. Um, the laws of power. Don't, don't tell people the truth. God's sake, don't burst their bubbles if you want to succeed. What, are you mad? Are you an idiot? People just want an easy ride. And this should be the fact that the fact here, even in this apparently red pill video, which is just all wrong on so many levels, it's terrible. These these guys are getting it all wrong. They're being told the wrong things by people who have either misunderstood everything or deliberately misunderstood everything. Because you've got to understand that people run these seminars, the last thing you w- they want is for you to succeed. Because if you succeed, you don't need them anymore. If you don't need them anymore, they don't make any more money off you. You want to, you want to, uh, you don't shear the sheep once and that's it. You know, you've got to keep just taking a little bit off it, a bit at a time. Yeah, come back for more. Come back for more. Buy this. Buy that. Blah blah blah. And I'll save your life and I'll change your life. It was the same thing I saw when I was teaching English in Italy. I was teaching English in Italy and, um, and I, I, I wouldn't work for one of the big schools. I just did my own thing. And I got mostly into consulting with companies. So I'd go in and the company would say, oh, we need X number of employees to be able to, be able to work with English on a keyboard and blah, 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 on a computer. So more written and spoken and... And I'd evaluate their staff and say, right, well, I think these are the best ones. And I'd set up a training program. And some companies, I was with them for, you know, three or five years running different programs for different staff. And they were very happy with me because I, I taught the staff English. The staff got it. And a number of these staff had gone and themselves shelled out a lot of money to these big training, English training colleges. That to teach in, you had to yourself as a teacher shell out a huge amount of money to do their course to train their English, which I just refused to do. I said, I'm not doing this. I'll just go do my own thing. You can't stop me. And they can't. And the students uniformly say the same thing. They say that they couldn't understand. Why with you, why when they were doing my courses were they learning English? And then they, But they spent years and years at these other institutions and, and they just... Like their English barely improved. Wow, this is no secret. This is, and this is in Italy, by the way. I'm not not going to talk about for outside Italy. That's no secret. They don't want you to. You you've got to. You've just got to have this pretense of you're just making progress. If you go in and they teach you English, and you know six months later you're golden. Well, how are they going to make any more money off you? 
the, the, the whole the whole training system is designed to keep people perpetually there learning the language. Crazy. But people will do this. People will do this because actually, you know what? Learning a language is hard. It's hard. Requires a lot of effort, a lot of work, a lot of thought. To retrain your brain to think in a different way, it's hard. Going out in the world and doing stuff, achieving stuff, hard. Jumping up and down in a room because two guys are going to teach you how to uh, get laid with women, easy. You paid them a thousand bucks, still easy. Because people, why do you think Nigerian scam artists always do so well? Because people don't want to admit that they've been conned. Look, if you go, go and pay all this money you know, on this how to be a real estate millionaire by, you know, in, in, in eight months or whatever crap, if you pay thousands of dollars for these courses. You're never going to you're never going to complain about these guys and go and say these are con artists because you don't want to admit to yourself that you've been conned. Look, I write my books primarily as entertainment. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to sell you that you're going to change your life with my stuff. My first book is designed as as an example of how I changed my life, and maybe by that you get some inspiration to to do something similar in your own way of course but it's it's that's it there's the book i'm not running seminars i'm not they're selling you know videos and all the rest of it and it's all dressed up in a nice narrative with witch doctors and whitewater rafting and all that sort of stuff coffee smugglers and it's fun that's what it's all about these guys what are they doing but these guys are, make, are these guys making more money than me? Yep. I don't know. So who's the fool? Who's the fool? That's all right. I play the long game. I play the long game. And this is what my next book is going to be about. Next book is going to be about how to get from beta to alpha. What is beta and alpha? What do they actually mean? Because the terminology is so debased. There's so many, so much that's wrong about it. How is the world feminized? And the thing about this, the thing about this is. You look at this video. Let me play again from where I left off. Let's really crank the volume up on this thing. Ah, oh, it stopped. Hang on, I'll go back to the point. I don't know if you can hear that. Once again, it's like that scene in Life of Brian, where he's with well, Brian's preaching at the window, going. You're all different, you know. And yes, we're all different, you know. You're all, we're all individuals. And one guy goes, oh, I'm not. All these men jumping up and down here. And a chick. I didn't get why there was a chick in the room. Sheep. Sheep. Look, this should give you hope. The majority of guys worried about getting girls. There's no girls. You can't get girls, blah, 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 blah. Who are you in competition with? You're in competition with other guys. What are most of the guys doing? Paying money to jump up and down a room, up and down in a room like these fucking losers. These, these guys are never a competition to you because they want to take the easy way. They want to take the easy way, and the easy way actually means no results. We should give you not just hope. That should just be like driving you out the door with total conviction. It's like 1%, lower than that, of guys that do this. 1%. 
Think of the whole, think of the whole beta male, you know, following the female hypergamy thing. As a guy growing up, you're taught to put put the put women on the pedestal. Women are special, unique, sunflower beings, and all you really have to do to get a girl is to respect her and be nice and get in touch with your own feelings and communicate. In other words, you don't have to do anything. That's what they're selling you. That's why That's why you all fall for it. Wow, getting girls is that easy? I just have to be really nice and get in touch with my feelings and, and communicate with her? Oh, wow, I'm going to get laid. I'm going to get laid. No, you're not. Here's, here's what I've always done with girls. I always treat girls, I've always treated women very, very, very well. Unless they've done something to not deserve that treatment. But I never put up with any shit. Ever. That's it. There you go. And I'm not getting, I was never, well... I got to a point where I was never scared of being shot down in flames. That's it. A lot harder than it looks. A lot harder than it looks. To recognize when they're giving you shit. So anyway, forget about getting stuff. Get out there and do stuff. That's my advice to you, young man. Get out there and do stuff. Achieve stuff. What is that? What do I do? What's my, what's my, you know, what's my, what do I got to do in life? But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There is no one thing. You just go out and do stuff. That's why I read my first book. I left Perth on my motorbike chasing a chick. I get to Sydney. It all goes to shit. I got no job. I got no place to live. I got barely enough money to get back home. It's either I got enough money to get back to Perth from Sydney and start again from zero, or I can start from zero in Sydney with a little bit of money behind me and not a long road trip on a motorbike. So I did that. What you do again? Just go get a job. And then one step leads to another, and one step leads to another, and then I'm rafting in Uganda, in Italy. Barely, beginning of 1995, I arrived in Sydney. Um, May 97 was my first overseas rafting um, work trip to Canada beginning of 99 I was rafting in Uganda that's I got out and did stuff I stopped trying to get stuff I just got out and did stuff so and there's a cerebral palsy guy let's finish off with that what's he doing he's going out and doing stuff yeah, and by default he'll get stuff. Is he going to get a girl? Oh, I seriously doubt it. How's that? He's still out there striving. He's still out there doing stuff. He's not sitting home, moping around, leeching off a taxpayer, or spending thousands of money to jump up and down inside a room like these imbeciles. You should take serious heart from cerebral palsy umpire guy because he's a uh, 
He's an example. He's a real example of how you need to do it and get out there and achieve. Is success guaranteed? No. So what, you're going to give up before because you might, you might fail? Do you have a fear of failure or fear of success? Which one is it? Shoutouts. Aaron Clary, Captain Capitalism. Um, back from his holiday doing YouTube videos. He's got oh, he had a funny one out that I, uh, that I watched and had a chuckle at, um, as I often do. What has he got here that he uploaded the other day that I... Uh, all management degrees are bullshit. Very, very funny video. Uh, and funny because it's true. Uh, you can check out Captain Capitalism at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Uh, he has uh, on the sidebar there his podcast, his books, Arsehole Consulting, um, which is um, uh, his consultancy business where he will answer your questions and be an arsehole to you. Um, and his YouTube channel. And he sponsors my podcast, which is why I'm telling you about him. But I tell you about him anyway because he's a good guy. Um, there you go, boys and girls. That's the episode for this week. Um, what should we call this one? Cerebral Palsy Guy. It's a Cerebral Palsy Guy episode because he should be an example to you and he should be an inspiration to everyone. Um, and uh, I wish I bought him a beer that day. I really do. I wish I bought him a beer. But we didn't have to. I think uh, how we got on was just right. So I'm Adam Pickett. Uh, this has been the Pushing Rubber Podcast, and hope you enjoyed it, and I'll catch you next week. Ciao, ciao.